Oh my God, I have chills. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? Hey everyone, what up? Welcome back. Thanks for joining. We're twins. We hate people. We love true crime. We love it. We love a twist. You know, the intro. The intro for all any newbies. It's a whole spiel. It's all spiel. Go back a few ups and you'll you'll hear it. Yeah. Rebecca, um, Rebecca here. Um, I'm sick. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little nasally or mouth breathy, whatever. I'm sick and you can't take shit when you're pregnant. So I'm just going off water and my emotions right now. Mm-hmm. And luckily and they're on edge, by the way. Tell you. They're at the surface. They're at is. the surface. So let's keep this light. Just oh, okay. It's a real light. Um <laughs> luckily Rebecca is not telling her story today, so don't worry about it. Mm. But sh- special shout out. Thanks for doing this while you're sick. Oh yeah. No, I would have it no other way. It's my highlight of my week. Oh, thanks. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of shout outs, Patreon shout outs, what up? Tanner and Amelia, Tracy, Libby, and Kathy. Kathy is another international from Australia. Oh. Did oh. Australia. Yeah. Oh, so was, probably so annoying for her. Is that good? Yeah, so good. Oh my thanks. God. Welcome. Thanks. Perks me right up. Oh, I know. Tracy, you get a custom shout out. So whatever you want, charity, small business, rant about someone, talk shit. We'll talk shit about them for you. Yeah. Just that would be so sad. Yeah. She's like talking shit about her friend on a podcast. Or like right. a co- annoying coworker or something. Yeah. But whatever you want. Whatever you want. Uh, if you did join recently, I think I gave this little spiel on the bonus episode, but you should have gotten a confirmation message with a discount code for 100% off on your free gift. Um, on our website, if you want one, I mean, maybe some people don't want one, or if you're not a Patreon, you can always order merch on our website. It's peopleorthewarspod.com. Oh yeah. We have shirts that say people are the worst on them. It's coffee mugs. Yeah. Coffee uh, mugs and notebooks. Uh, So go check it out. Yeah. And then also still on twinks.com, T-W-I-N-N-K-S. That's our bra and loungewear company. We are Having 50% off final sale. We're just getting rid of inventory. Please help us get rid of it. Yeah. We failed. Okay. We failed. I'm oh my I'm God. Just kidding. No, it's okay. I don't see it as a failure. I was just kidding. But we are, um, yeah, we're pretty much done with it. So come get it. Because next step is like liquidation. Like we are pretty much going to give it away. Well, the, now they're just going to wait for that. No, you don't. It goes through a liquidation company who sells it to a, uh, retailer like it's not no uh was that dumb well i'm not going to give it away on the website and then pay for shipping no it would have to be either a donation where we get a fat ass tax write-off or liquidation you get a little bit of your money i mean it's just a huge discount uh sorry shows you how much i know this is why we're going out of business people. <laughs> should we should we cut that i don't know is it stupid i don't really care no i don't care i don't either. know anything about retail clearly well <sighs> liquidation is like someone has to buy all of it so yeah if anyone out there wants to do that sure <laughs> go for it um okay so i'm gonna tell rebecca today about camille arfman okay all right great i first heard about it i'm gonna go through my sources but i first heard about it on like a 
five-year-old episode of Small Town Murder. Oh. Great podcast. Yeah, they are good. Love. Okay, sources. Episodes are really long. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a road trip podcast. Yeah. I, I, yeah, they're very long, but they're funny. So good. Sources. The actual court case documents. Courthousenews.com. Uh, University of Michigan's law school website, law.umich.edu, abcnews.com, claimsjournal.com, and again, small town murder. 14-year-old Camille Arfman lived in Oskaloosa, Kansas with her older sister, Heidi, Heidi's 23-year-old husband, Floyd Bledsoe, and their two young sons who were two and three at the time. Camille and Heidi's mom lived in the next town over, and the only thing I could find about why she lived with Heidi and not her mom was to improve school attendance. I don't understand. <laughs> like, maybe they had they were in a better school district, but that's what the court document said, was she lived with her sister to improve attendance. I don't know. Oh, my God. That would do the exact opposite for me. <laughs> I know. Floyd's parents owned a huge piece of land, and Heidi, Floyd, Camille, and the two young boys lived in a trailer on it. Floyd's older brother, 25-year-old Tom Bledsoe, lived with his parents, so they all just lived on one big-ass piece of property together. Okay. On November 5th, 1999, Camille got home from school around 4.20 p.m. At 5 p.m., her friend Robin came over and saw that her coat and backpack were there, but Camille was not. Heidi and Floyd weren't really concerned. Camille was a really good girl. She never got in trouble. And from what I gather, it wasn't unusual for her to go to the next town over and visit her mom. So I think they figured she was there. Oh, yeah. A few hours passed and no one had seen her. When she didn't show up at a church social that night, they started to worry. Mm -hmm. She loved her church. Yeah. On November 6th, which is the next day, Police, Heidi, Floyd, their mom, everyone spent handing out flyers. She still hadn't shown up. She's 14. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this at this point is a Saturday. She went missing on a Friday. Mm -hmm. That night, their church pastor, James Bollinger, got a message from Tom Bledsoe, Floyd's brother, like a voice message. Mm -hmm. The message said, I know where Camille is. When you get this message, I turn myself into the police department you don't know the grief that went through as I sat there thinking, I wish I never did it. I'll pay the rest of my life for what I've done. It's, this is Floyd's brother? Yeah, older brother, Tom, who lived with his parents. Oh, okay. So he left that message on the pastor's phone. After that, he called his parents, who told him to wait so his dad can come meet him. And after he got off the phone with his parents, he called the pastor back and left another message saying, all I can ask is forgiveness for what I've done. I will pay the rest of my life for what I've done. He does it again. We know that. Yeah, you already said that. <laughs> On November 7th, Tom, his dad, and their attorney go to the police station, and Tom tells them that he killed Camille. He even brought the murder weapon, which was a 9 millimeter pistol that he had bought two weeks before. Well, what's his problem? They're like, all right, tell us where she is. Yeah. So he, he leads them to her body, which is buried under about a foot of dirt on his parents' property. Oh, wow. That was a short story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Da, 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 bye. Uh, there was a piece of plywood on top of the burial. Under that is a pile of trash, which included an X-rated movie and a T-shirt that said Countryside Baptist Church, which is the church they all went to. Mm. And Camille was under the trash. Oh, God, I thought it's, I, I was going to be like, no, it's a false confession. He didn't do it. Well, you'll see. 
Okay. I'm sure I will. Her bra and shirt were pushed up. She had been raped and shot four times. And and at the scene, they find three out of the four shell casings. Tom was arrested and charged with first-degree murder, aggravated kidnapping, and aggravated indecent liberties with a child, which is sexual intercourse or lewd fondling or touching of a child without their consent when the child is between... When the child is between ages 14 and 16. Oof. I'd never heard of that charge before. At my old job, I was running their social media account and someone messaged us and was like, with a screenshot of a mugshot of one of my coworkers saying, <gasps> y'all employ a child molester. And I looked up the charges and it was indecent liberties with a child. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Which in North Carolina, it's about the same. It was what I just read, but it just says under the age of 16. And it said their arrest date. And I was like, ooh, because everyone loved this guy. He loved it. He was so sweet. I think I and remember I was like, you telling me that. Ooh, good good thing we have a birthday list. So I looked it up and he was like 33 at the time or something of his arrest. I was like, gross. Did y'all fire him? No. I, I mean, I told the president, I went to the president and was like, I don't know what to do about this, but. What's the company? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's. <laughs> and his name? It's. No, I think he still works there. Holy shit. Ew. That's so gross. I mean, he was at this point is in his 50s or 60s. So Y'all don't do like, background checks? Oh, yes, we do. They just don't give a shit. That company is fucked. Anyway. That's you, Asheville, North Carolina for y'all. No. Just Asheville. kidding. It's not Asheville. No, it's, everyone loves Asheville. Relax. All right, chill. Anyway, so that was this is the second time I've heard of that charge. Which it's disgusting, by the way. Anyway, sure. A few days later, Tom's like, no, sorry, can't do this. Recants the confession and tells police what really happened. Oh, because I was about to say, well, they have her body, which you led them to. So you're involved some way. Yeah. Somehow. Right. Tom says at 3 p.m. on November 5th, Friday, which is when Camille, the day Camille was murdered, he went to Lawrence, Kansas, which is about 25 minutes away to pick up a paycheck. I've been there. It's cute. <laughs> After that, he went to a bait and tackle shop, then went to an outdoor store to buy ammo around 4.30 p.m. At 6 p.m., he goes to the church event that Camille was supposed to go to. Mm-hmm. He got home around 9.30 p.m. and went straight to bed. The next morning, he got up and his dad told him that Floyd had called saying Camille's missing. They don't know where she is, etc. He then leaves to go to work, and on his way there, he sees Floyd in his truck, like, on the side of the road. So he pulls up next to him and is like, what is going on? Where's Camille? Have y'all found her? What are y'all doing? And as they're talking, Floyd very nervously lays his head on a steering wheel. Oh, God. Floyd did this. Tom asks, what's wrong? And Floyd says, Camille is dead. And then he's mumbling, and all Tom can make out is accidentally shot her. Not four times. No, you did not. Right. So Tom asked why, and Floyd shook his head and shrugged his shoulders. Tom pressed him and asked Floyd if he raped her, and Floyd said, yes, no, I don't know. What Which the is fuck? not good. No. Not a good answer. Mm-mm. Floyd then said he did it with Tom's pistol. So Tom reaches behind his seat, like behind his driver's seat, to see if his gun is still there because that's where he keeps it, and Floyd knows that. And his gun is there. So Tom's like, holy shit, how did you take it, return it, all without yeah. me noticing? Like, Jesus. 
Floyd went on to tell Tom where Camille's body was, which buried on the family's property with trash and plywood on top of her. Then he tells Tom, if anyone starts to figure it out, Tom's going to go ahead and need to take the blame. <gasps> oh my God. Are they like good? Are they like good? They have a good relationship, those two? I mean, I think they're close, but geez. I mean, me and you are close, but I wouldn't do this for you. Hell no. But he says if he doesn't take the blame, then he's going to tell everyone secrets. He's blackmailing them. Oh, God. Okay. Do you want to know what his secrets are? Yes, I'm dying. Oh, my God. Hold on to your fucking hat. The first one is once tried to have sex with a dog. Oh, God. Ew. I mean, sure. Gross. The second one. What kind? (laughs) A German Shepherd. It's like (laughs) it's sort of like when you open your dog's mouth and shove your entire nose in it so you can get a good whiff of his breath. Uh, Does everyone else love their dog's breath? Rebecca, y'all do, and everyone else's dog's breath. I love them all. She would go up to a stranger's dog and stick her face. This is why she has stitches right under her eyes because she's been doing this since we were kids, and she did it to the wrong dog one day. Yeah. She loves dog breath. Isn't that weird? Right? No, it's not. Email us. Y'all don't think think. it's weird. And if you do, you're just hiding your little secret. But that's fine. I'll be a renegade. (laughs) (laughs) You got to champion this cause. (laughs) So (laughs) the second secret is that Tom jacks off to porn. What? You and every other guy in America and the world. Who? cares who cares this is 1999 no one gives a shit oh my god that is the <laughs> dumbest thing was he like next no, no he's like fuck okay i cannot <laughs> no he's like i sure, can go ahead and say i raped a 14 year old and killed her god have mercy on my soul if people find out that i jack off to girl on girl yeah god so, um so tom yeah tom's like F. Okay, I cannot have people knowing about this, so I guess I'll take the fall for raping and murdering a kid. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What idiots. I want to, like, also point out <laughs> the mindset, I guess. Well, no, never mind. I'm not pointing anything out. Tom's very involved with the church, so I think he I thinks that it's a, it's a sin to jack off, but it's not a sin to... Okay, whatever. Get out of here with any of that. Um, I just can't. Anyway... So Tom and Floyd part ways after this conversation, Tom gets to work and he takes out his gun to see if it has been fired recently because a week before this, he had cleaned the gun and loaded it with 10 bullets, but has not used it at all. Okay. When he pulls it out, he smells it and it does smell like burning, smoky, you know. How long does that smell last? Well, this would have been the next day. Oh, yeah. So probably a little bit. Yeah. And- there are only two bullets left. So he's oh, like, God, it, it has been fired and not by me. He sits at work stewing on this all day, like debating on what to do. So when he gets off work at 11 p.m., he went to see if Camille's body was actually where Floyd said it was. And when he gets there, he sees the plywood, lifts it up, sees the trash, and then doesn't investigate anymore because he's like, all right, I'm going to take his word for it. It's also 11 p.m. Like, it's really dark. So. He's just like, fuck. I can't get over that he would opt for life in prison because he said, I will take the fall. Like, he's just going to own up to this. Yeah. Yeah. God, what a moron. Okay, keep going. There's, Sorry. There's slightly more to it I'm about to get to. 
There better be. For the, well, okay. So the next night is when he, Tom and his parents go to the police station for Tom to falsely confess. After sitting in jail for a few days, he he had a change of heart and was like, oh, wait, masturbating to porn actually is not as bad as raping and murdering a kid. So never mind. Never mind, Floyd. Tell my little secrets. You're toast. He also said, this is like the other little piece to it. He took the fall for Floyd because they have a two and three year old son and they really didn't want. And he said he didn't want them to grow up without a dad. Oh, so that that part's nice. It's nice, but you should grow up without a dad if he's a rapist and a murderer. Right. That. Yeah. He was like trying to spare the kids after he sat in jail for a couple of days thinking about it. Yeah. On November 8th, the Monday after Camille disappeared, remember she disappeared on Friday, so a weekend's passed, cops bring Floyd in for questioning. Because they're like, we heard the weirdest story. Right. Floyd said on Friday he was pulling up to the trailer as Camille's school bus was dropping her off, but Camille didn't get off. Then he changes his story and says, no, I didn't pull up to the road as the school bus was pulling up. I was already at the trailer and Camille wasn't there. And then later... They ask, which is true. And he's like, what? I never said either of those. <laughs> oh, my God. Very weird. The detectives found out that at 4.20 p.m. that Friday, Floyd was at a hardware store and bought duct tape and a sweatshirt, which why I don't know why he wouldn't just tell him that. But after the hardware store, Floyd goes to his job at a dairy farm and gets there just before 5 p.m., which his boss verifies. When he gets to work, he's supposed to start milking cows. According to his boss, this should take three or four hours. So if he got there at five, he should be done around eight or 9 p.m. max. But Floyd calls his boss at 11.30 p.m. saying one of the cows wasn't producing milk. So six and a half hours later, he's still milking cows. And they're like, that's weird. That's a really long time. Yeah. He said he left work and got home around midnight, which is when Heidi was getting home from work, too. I don't know what she does, but these working hours sound terrible. <laughs> right. When they walk in and see that Camille wasn't there and learned that she wasn't at the church event, they start, that's when they're freaking out and they start looking for her. They don't, they stay up all night. The next day is Saturday, which is when they're handing out flyers, still looking for Camille, all of that. It's the same day that Tom said he and Floyd had that roadside conversation uh, where Floyd confessed to him about and jacking off about porn and the bestiality and um, masturbating. Sure. According to Tom, that roadside conversation happened just before noon, but a detective said he was at Floyd and Hiley's trailer from 9 a.m. until about 12.20 p.m., and Floyd was there the entire time. A neighbor also said that he saw Floyd on the road by their trailer sometime between 12.15 and 12.30 p.m. because Floyd handed him a flyer. Oh. So Tom's like, I don't know, maybe I got the time wrong. You would think it would be pretty spot on since he was on his way to work, but... He told cops he left for work sometime between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., which is a really big window. <laughs> like, yeah. when were you supposed to be at work? Right. So then he's like, uh, then maybe it was just afternoon. I don't know. It just definitely happened between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. So now everything's like confusing. Tom and Floyd are both contradicting everything. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. But with Tom's re- revelation and Floyd's very convoluted stories, They release Tom, drop his charges, arrest Floyd, now charge him with first-degree murder, aggravated kidnapping, aggravated indecencies, indecent liberties with a child, same as what Tom had. Tom's release was part of an agreement that he'd testify against Floyd in court. 
which he does when trial starts in April 2000. One of Camille's friends, Rosa, also testifies that Camille was scared to be home alone with Floyd because he oh. was always he was always hitting on her and trying to get her to wrestle with him. Ew. God. That's 14-year-old. How old is he again? I'm sorry. 23. Ew. Yeah, it's gross. It also comes out during the trial that Heidi and Floyd are about to get divorced, but Heidi sticks by Floyd on this one. She's like, there's no way. Camille's mom testified that at 10.30 p.m. on Friday, the Friday Camille disappeared, she called Floyd saying that she was calling the police since nobody had seen her, and Floyd said, don't do that yet. Then his brother-in-law, I guess they have another brother-in-law. We have yeah. not met him. This is his only partner. this. Mm-hmm. Floyd's brother-in-law says that that night he drove to the dairy farm to talk to Floyd at 11 p.m., but Floyd's truck was not there. Mm. The defense is like, no, he was working that whole time. He couldn't have taken the gun, abducted, raped, and killed Camille, then returned the gun without anyone noticing. The prosecutor, Jim Vanderbilt, theorizes that Floyd kidnapped Camille, kept her somewhere while he went to work. Oh. Yeah, that would be scary. Sad. The mom called at 1030 saying, I'm calling the police. He tells her, don't do that. Leaves work to go kill Camille, then returns to work to call the boss saying, like, the cow's not producing milk. Therefore, he's kept his alibi. His boss is, like, probably assuming he's been there the entire time. Mm. The the only thing the prosecutor doesn't specify is when they think he got the gun and returned it. They think it was just earlier in the day. They don't think he did it in that little window. Yeah. The defense attorney asked Tom why he confessed to a crime he didn't commit. So he tells him the entire story about the dog, the porn, and that he wanted the kids to grow up with a dad. So his secrets are revealed regardless. Right. The jury goes to deliberate. They come back. They find Floyd guilty. But they better. At yeah, at the sentencing, her mom, Camille's mom, made a statement saying, Camille got life. I think he should get life. She can't get out of that grave. I don't think he should walk out of that jail alive. We owe that to her and every other kid. There you go. Yes, That's absolutely correct. Not a bad point. Yeah. They asked Floyd if he has any last words before sentencing, and he goes on a rant about how he didn't do it, how the prosecutor never proved how he could have done it. He challenges the prosecution about when he got the gun and proof that there's any time unaccounted for. He goes on to say he thinks Tom is the one who did it, but he doesn't know why. He just challenges the entire case. Which is, is there Was there no sperm in her or anything? Like, can't we test this? Oh, she's giving me the one finger. Like, hold on one second. I'm giving her the please stop talking finger. Oh. He's just challenging the case. He like just goes on the defense and it's the worst last statement before a sentence thing you could probably do. The judge yeah. is like, and your deepest sympathies for the family. <laughs> like, let's right. do this. Come on. Idiot. He's sentenced to life with the possibility of parole after 25 years. Oh, he's almost there. Camille's mom is pissed. Mm-hmm. She, do- uh, she doesn't think it's enough. And she said afterwards she wanted to see him fry. Oh, wow. So fast forward 15 years, November, 2015, Tom is found dead in his car in a Walmart parking lot of a suicide. Oh my God. He left a note and here's what it said in part. There's like three different notes. I'm obviously not going to read the entire thing, but the part that is important. Quote, I killed Camille Arfman on November 5th, 1999. I had sex with her and killed her. I drip. Oh, by the way, real quick. If there's bad grammar in this, I'm reading it from the note. It's not me. Don't come at me. 
I drove up to the ditch where the family dumped trash and tried to convince her not to tell. I went to my truck and got my nine millimeter gun that was behind my seat and pushed her to the ground to try to scare her, but it failed with the gun went off behind her head. I as well might go ahead and say it. I raped and murdered a 14 year old girl. I tried telling the truth, but no one would listen to me. I was told to keep my mouth shut. It tore me up doing it. I would ask for forgiveness, but no one will come, not even from God. Floyd S. Bledsoe is an innocent man. Tom E. Bledsoe is the guilty one. Oh, my God. He did this two weeks after the Project for Innocence and post-conviction remedies at the University of Kansas released DNA evidence showing semen found in Camille's body. So he knew he was about to get caught with DNA results. So they're testing it. And he was like, fuck. Here it Holy comes. shit. Why didn't they test it back then? Uh, Once again... The stop talking motion. Once again, she's getting the finger in the camera through the Zoom telling her to please stop talking. Mm. The note goes on to say that the prosecutor, Jim Vanderbilt, made him do it. He then, on the note, drew out a map of where he shot Camille before moving the body. And therefore, they could probably find the fourth shell casing around 20 yards of this location. This is like his proof. Oh, my God. So detectives go there with the metal detector and sure enough, 20 (sighs) feet from the location on his map, buried two inches under dirt is the fourth shell casing that they never found. Oh my God. On December 8, 2015, Floyd was released. In May 2016, Floyd filed a federal civil rights lawsuit against 10 defendants, including the prosecutor, police officers, and KBI agents, alleging that They violated his civil rights by fabricating and suppressing evidence that would have proved his innocence. Here's how they suppressed evidence. Oh, holy shit. What? Apparently the biggest one. There's it's a long ass court document, but apparently right before trial, Floyd and his attorney asked if they were able to gather DNA from the rape kit taken from Camille's body. And they were told no. But in reality, someone had put a stop order on the test. And so it was halted and never completed. They were going to do DNA, but they just, some oh someone seemingly from the police department said, don't do the test. Why does everyone have it out for Floyd? It's insane. I, myself included. I apologize, Floyd. I know. I'm glad my you thought that. My tail is in between my legs. I know. I'm glad you thought that. In May 2019, Floyd was awarded over just over a million dollars from the state of Kansas in 2022, for 15 years. No, thank I know. You. I know. In 2022, the 10 defendants appealed the state's de- decision, saying that Floyd didn't prove his civil rights were violated, and the state was like, "Sure, he did." <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, so, appeal denied. But thank you so much for coming to us. <laughs> <laughs> so, after about a year after his release, he met and married his wife Amanda, who had a young son of her own. The two went on to have another son and then a daughter who they named Brinley Alice Jean Bledsoe. Her two middle names are after the two women from the Innocence Project that led, led to Floyd's release, which is cute. Yeah. He's remained active in the Innocence Project and works for a nonprofit called Freedom Challenge, which helps inmates develop life skills. He's also become friends with other exonerees, Amanda Knox, Ryan Ferg. Yeah, Brian Ferguson <laughs> and Eddie Lowry, who is Eddie, Eddie Lowry. I hadn't heard of him. He served nine years um, in the 80s for rape and battery and then was proven uh, falsely convicted. Oh, my God, though. That's so he sat 
I know. So he's thriving now, but can you imagine? He no. went to jail in 2000 and came out in 2015. He for missed a lot of shit. Oh my God. He missed 9 11. My you have you heard that small town murder? No. They talk about that. No way. They say, imagine going in at 23, coming out at what, 38? Yeah. And it's 2015, uh, and they're like, <laughs> and Jimmy goes, the towers are gone. Oh, they get away with jokes. They get that I would get too nervous to make. I, but I would never make those jokes. But God, they did. But it, well, I mean, I'm sure he saw it in jail. But then, like no, internet obviously. and social media and like everything. Like he's like, "What are y'all doing? Why yeah. is everyone on this big weird phone?" Right. Oh my God. So that's the story of poor Camille Arfman, oh. Angel, and the whole fa- Arfman family. Um, poor, poor Floyd Bledsoe, mm-hmm. a brother-in-law who did not rape and murder her. God, why was everyone plotting against him? So Tom made up the two bestiality and jacking off to porn. No, I think those were actually his secrets. I think it just helped him prove his point that he would never openly just uh-huh. tell cops that. Okay. Like it, it gave it gave him some credibility, I think. But I think those are actually true. Mm. Bestiality is disgusting. That should be a... Ugh. Oh, my God. That is... Well, I had it all wrong. And Floyd, mm-hmm. I know you're, you're a subscriber, and I apologize. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. Oh, my God. Good job. Thank you. And thanks for doing this while you were sick. I'm so sorry. Sorry to our listeners if I'm all, you know. Hey. No, anybody want to hear that <laughs> nasally and all that shit. I apologize. And I wasn't as on my A game, but I'm back, baby. Next week, I'm back. Hell yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. Y'all are the best. People are the worst. Okay, bye. See you around.